this December 7th through 9th. Check out the EdUp Experience podcast live and in person in Doha, Qatar for the World Innovation Summit on Education. We will be documenting the ideas and innovations from today's most influential global education leaders. Check them out at wise-qatar.org and follow the EdUp Experience podcast for more information. Yay! Do you want to hear about something that is so unique for two-year colleges? Did you know that Unmuddle created a national marketplace for community colleges? That's right. For more details, go to unmuddle.com slash colleges. That's U-N-M-U-D-L dot com slash colleges. Welcome back, everybody. This is the Ed Up Experience podcast, where we make education your business. Dr. Joe Salustio, back with you again. And I am here today, as, as usual, and this is not different than any other podcast that I've been doing, but to talk about learning. And uh, as you all know, there's a higher education focused podcast. And I had a moment this weekend um, when this episode airs, it's, it's, a, it's around the, let's just call it around the October Halloween season. And so I've got two little kids, as many of you listeners know, Gemma and Julio are their names and seven, uh, she's about to be, Gemma's about to be seven and Julio's four just turned four and they were watching a timeless classic, Halloween classic called Hocus Pocus. Maybe you've heard of it before. Um, it has like Sarah, Sarah Jessica Parker and Bette Midler. It's, it's, a, it's a kid's favorite around Halloween. Anyway, I always think about learning and I, I think about how learning needs to be delivered and how kids experience learning. And I'm bringing this up because we had a complete meltdown moment in the Salustio household, both my kids going absolutely bonkers. Why? Because they had to watch the commercials between, uh, so we were watching on Hulu and you couldn't fast forward through the commercial. They did not know what to do with themselves. It was absolute Armageddon. Dad, Papa, Papa, please, please fast forward. Please get rid of this. Where's the show? It was, it was Armageddon. And I thought to myself, wow, kids today are learning so much differently. They get to fast forward. They get to not experience the level of marketing that was pushed on many of us uh, as we watch shows. And I just thought to myself, this is crazy. It's crazy. And it's the future. And I thought, wow, I have a guest today that is going to talk all about learning and leadership and the future. And what a good story to kind of set the foundation of our discussion. And I'm going to bring her in now because she's been so patient and she's such a huge guest and she's got so much uh, 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 to talk about. I'm just wasting time. And she, I can see her um, she's getting on. She, she's she's getting a little frustrated. I feel like through the camera, I'm getting the vibe, but that's okay. Here she is, and I'm going to hit her a button for her. Here we go. Here she is, ladies and gentlemen, Lorraine Stomsky, Senior Vice President, Associate Learning and Leadership with Walmart. Maybe you've heard of them before. Hello, how are you? I am awesome, Joe. How are you doing? I'm good. I just, you know what? You're giving me th this vibe, like let's get started. You know, let, let, we got to get started right away because we have so much to talk about. I mean, yeah. obviously Walmart, this really tiny company. I mean, no one's ever heard of it before. <laughs> I, you know, but why don't you start low? We we let's let's level set. Talk about your position, senior vice mm -hmm. president, associate learning and leadership. What you do, what you oversee. Give us a scope so we understand your your kind of day to day. Yeah, absolutely. I loved your opening story, by the way, Joe, because uh, 
your sentiment about children learning differently, I would say the same thing for adults. So I know we'll get True. into that in a moment. But hi, everyone out there. My name is Lorraine Stomsky, um, otherwise known as Low. So you may you may hear that. Um, I lead our learning and leadership organization for Walmart, which means we really drive the talent management strategies uh, for the enterprise. All of, I think you said we were small. Yep, only about 2.3 million associates. So we do yeah, everything. Only. Yeah, only. We do everything from, you know, how do we how do we deploy the right selection processes? How do we hire the right people? Um, from the stores all the way into our leadership ranks. How do we onboard them? How do we make that a very, uh, you know, associate-centric experience seamless? How do we deliver performance management, um, succession planning, making sure that we are planning for the future? And then, of course, how do we do uh, and deliver learning strategy, learning and leadership um, for the organization. So that's kind of it in a nutshell, what I do. Wow. I got, wow. That's my wow button. Wow. <laughs> yeah. It, I mean, if you think about the scope, right? So mm-hmm. Walmart is the largest U.S. private employer. You've, uh, we'll talk about the investments that Walmart has made in learning and leadership uh, just in a second. But I do want to ask you about the battle for talent, which is real, right? Yeah. There's so many, so many investments into into um, preparing the future leaders to keep them in the organizations that, you know, Walmart wants to keep all of those associates and have them move up through the ranks. Now that may not be the case for everyone, but certainly you wanna create a pathway for your best mm-hmm. folks to move up. It's it's really tough out there to keep talent and, and to nurture that talent, especially amidst coronavirus where people mm-hmm. are kind of reevaluating their careers. Yeah, yeah. We've been, I'm sure your audience has heard it you know, referred to as the great resignation period, um, which is interesting way to look at it. We actually describe it a little bit differently, which is we call it the great reset or the great reassessment. I think with, you know, the, the coronavirus and for those of us who are, you know, fortunate enough to be able to work from home, there's, it just got, you know, gave people a lot of time to just sit back and say, hey, what, you know, what is the meaning of life? What brings me joy and purpose? You know, is this role, this job that I'm in um, contributing to that? And I think that's been really fascinating. And for us at Walmart, I mean, we've always really leaned into this notion about access, access to opportunity, right? We want our associates, our great associates, whether you're in the store, you're working from home office, we want to provide that access to opportunity so that, you know, they grow their careers, um, at Walmart. And I think that's a little bit different than some of our competitors look at it. Um, you know, we know that we have amazing associates in the stores. One of the kind of cultural traditions, Joe, that we have is, you know, we've got over 4,700 stores in the United States alone, stores and clubs. And, you know, we like to go out, travel, go visit the stores, really listen to our associates, tell us what's going well, tell us what those problems are, et cetera. And it's just, you know, it's a crazy thing to think of that we've got 1.5 million associates in the stores, and I'd love to have every one of them stay at Walmart and grow their career. So I think that's kind of unique, going back to your commentary about the the scale and scope of our our organization. That's what makes it really super challenging. But um, yeah, that's... uh, 
Yeah, it's in a nutshell. Yeah. yeah. And, and, you know, the, the really interesting part about what you're talking about is to, to retain talent, you have to invest in talent. You want them to grow. And there are many ways to do that today. And yeah. for big organizations, I don't know how to describe Walmart, massive organization <laughs> like, like Walmart, you're the way that um, an organization like Walmart views education or higher education in general tends to help set the, the public view. And mm-hmm. I'm bringing this up because you see some tech companies talking about alternative pathways to education that are a degreeless, right? So it's a, a credit stacking or I'm um, sorry, non-credit skill stacking. You, maybe you don't need a bachelor's degree. Maybe you don't need an associate's degree. You can just go get a, a coding, you know, do a coding mm-hmm. boot camp and get a job. How does Walmart in general, if you mm-hmm. can kind of give an, how do you view, and I say you Walmart, how does Walmart take a stance with education, higher education degree value? Yeah, it's a it's a really interesting question. And I know that it's one that's been been debated a lot out there. You know, what I would, you know, say is that, look, there are so many ways in which people get educated. There's so many ways in which people learn. So as you can imagine, with, you know, as I said, 2.3 million associates, this is about how do we a like democratize learning? How do we make learning accessible at, you know, at our associates fingertips? How do we show them the way um, around how to build a career at at Walmart? So, you know, there's not a one answer to this. There's several answers. And that's why Live Better You came about, right, which was access to opportunity. How do we look at adult learners in a you know, uh, I would say a very unique way, right? It's different than when you or I went to school, we, you know, finished high school, we bounced right into, you know, our undergraduate, graduate degrees. We've got associates at the stores who really want to, um, you know, um, improve their access, grow their careers, you know, promote within Walmart. LBU and our partnership with Guild, which we launched in 2018, you know, that was the intention behind it, providing access, first-time access really to college degrees. But more than that, we offer high school completion programs. We, we offer um, career diplomas, um, language, cre- you know, credentialing. We do credentialing on the, you know, um, and give credit for work on the job. So there's incredible amounts uh, amount of ways in which we help our um, associates internally because they're all at different, you know, um, sort of places in their, in their life. Yeah. And by the way, I just want to note that, um, that, uh, I'm going to, uh, I'm going to let myself know that I was incorrect there. I didn't put the doctor in front of your name. You're a doctor. <laughs> Oh, Stomsky, you know, Joe, pull it together. I told you I was a little off this morning before we started. Oh man, I'm looking at, you know, I had it even written down and I still feel, but that, but that's important because you've gone through the entire educational spectrum as it were in a traditional manner. Mm -hmm. And now you've got to look at a massive organization and consider the non-traditional and Mm -hmm. with two point, what'd you say? 2.3 million? 2.3 million. Everybody mm-hmm. is going to approach their learning journey differently. So you, yeah. as kind of the overseer there, you have to provide pathways for anyone in the way they're perceiving their their pathway. That's a lot to plan for. 
Yeah. You know? how, how do you, how do you t- talk to me about strategy? You sit down and go, okay. If some associates, yeah. they don't have a high school degree of some associate that's uh, some associates that want an, uh, want an associate degree. We want some that are going for bachelors. We want to make the top leaders go for their masters, maybe PhDs. Maybe I want to groom my replacement someday. There's a lot in that for everyone. How do you, how do you complete that life cycle and make sure that you're hitting everyone where they are? Yeah, well, it's it's providing different modalities, right? And again, it's it sounds a little cliche, but it is about meeting meeting the learner where they are. And I will say, you know, beyond Live Better You, as I said, which we started in 2018 to provide that access again to college to college degrees and you know credentialing, um, we also have a lot of other mechanisms as well. So we have. Uh, what we call the academies for the U.S. stores. And these are our well over 200 physical assets, uh, mostly, um, you know, connected to the store where we really do sort of on-the-job training, right? So we prepare people for the jobs that they're in. And that was started, you know, um, a few years back by Uh, Judith McKenna, who's now our CEO of our international business, she was the chief operating officer for the U.S. business for the U.S. stores. And she had this brainchild that, wow, if we could bring that sort of school, uh, you know, education house, you know, in the store, wow, couldn't we, you know, couldn't we just, you know, expand that access to opportunity there as well. The other thing that we've done is we've actually done some or restructuring in the stores so that it's much more team-based and you know, within the teams, they actually have coaches. And so those coaches are there to provide feedback and coaching and honestly teaching um, on the job. So that you, know, you can see is another way that we've really thought about the learning aspect, learning on the job. And then the final thing, although it's certainly not the only thing, we just recently provided our store associates on the floor with handheld digital devices so that, you know, you talk about the beginning about your kids, right? They've got the attention spans of, you know, <laughs> of a flea, yeah. is that what they say, kids, you know? Very it's like, little. oh my gosh. Yeah. yeah. So what we've been able to do is provide these handhelds. It's almost like, I want to call it like a Siri for learning, right? Where if an associate has a problem that they're trying to solve or something that they need to learn more about, whether to, you know, how to stock a shelf or set up a modular, et cetera, they've got that at their fingertips. So that's like just-in-time learning. That's just, you know, probably four or five examples of things that we're doing, and we're probably doing a lot more than that, but it's very much focused on that one-size-fits-one access to opportunity and really preparing those associates for that, you know, again, future of work. Hi, I'm Dr. Amy Diaz, Interim President of Gateway Community College in Phoenix, Arizona. Gateway is a proud founding college partner of Unmuddle. We joined Unmuddle to reach a new market of students, the working learners. Unmuddle provides a needed mechanism for these students to work and learn simultaneously, providing a valuable return on their investment. Unmuddle elevates Gateway's non-credit training opportunities to a national level, scaling in a way that is difficult for individual community colleges to do on their own. Unmuddle also provides a unique opportunity for colleges to feasibility test new potential certificate and degree programs. The higher education landscape is crowded, but the value of community colleges is unmatched. Unmuddle will take us to new heights, and we're excited for the journey. 
you said something that was absolutely amazing. One size fits one. And that's going to be our mic drop moment of this episode. <laughs> that is super powerful. Never heard anybody put it that way. One, um, because it is so true. And there's a big movement now, as you probably know, Lo, about personalization yeah. of learning. You know, yeah. there, it was mass learning. I think you go back 10, 15 years ago as online education started to really make its way. And you saw big for-profit universities, the University of Phoenix and others really dominate the space to hundreds of thousands of students. And it was about this mass. And now competition is really high in higher ed. I write a lot about it, actually. It's like the mm -hmm. mo most competitive time higher ed has ever seen because it's, it's like, you know, if you have a higher ed institution, you're competing against the one down the street that's also yep. got online courses. You're competing against the non-credit space. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of players in the non-credit. And I'm not just talking about like Google, grow with Google certificates. I'm talking about John Doe and his online learning platform where he likes to teach about yeah. real estate stuff. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And every, every coach, quote unquote, and, and, uh, and you know, uh, motivational speaker has online courses for, for non-credit. Mm -hmm. They're trying to, so there's a lot there. And then you're competing against a public opinion and w whether mm -hmm. higher ed has value. So there's a lot going on, right? Mm -hmm. A lot yeah. going on. And everyone, I'm going to say everyone, uh, would like to work with Walmart. I am sure. And you're going to have to tell me, mm -hmm. I work at a university, so I'm going, okay, yeah. I'd love to work with, with Lowe and I'd love to have access to 2.3 million employees. And I'm sure you have this button low access denied, right? For, <laughs> for most of the universities that you access work with and you're just denied. hitting it. Access denied. Oh, here comes one. Access denied. How do you vet who you're going to work with? Yeah, it's, well, that's a great question. I need that button because I will access say denied. <laughs> there, there are so many great providers out there. To your great point, I think higher ed is just, you know, look at their digital transformation accelerated, you know, whatever, a hundredfold because of COVID, right? So I think we're even experiencing higher ed trying to figure out like, who are we and what do we want to be and how are we going to, you know, really, you know, uh, differentiate ourselves in, in, the, in the higher ed market. I think what's super interesting for me sitting in my chair um, and talking with my team is, you know, I, my vision is very, very lofty. And sometimes people give me the eyebrow raise, but I do believe because of the size of Walmart, um, our purpose is so strong. Um, it is, you know, it, it, it is what attracts many people to come work for us. But I do think that, you know, we have this opportunity to help drive and help define what the future of education, particularly in the United States, looks like. So to the point about are degrees needed, are they not degreed, or, or do we not need them? You know, we've been really trying to define what the skills taxonomy is for the future. And that's a, that's a gnarly problem to solve because there are, there are a lot of players out there, but it's a pretty nascent space. And so... I'm going to use the next term, which you've probably heard, which is around talent marketplace and how do we take the skills taxonomy, translate it into a talent marketplace where, you know, we can find fantastic talent, um, talent can, you know, find us and match them to roles. And you can imagine, again, not to, you know, bang the hammer again on our scale, but 
at 2.3 million to be able to find that and really I understand where their capabilities are, where we need to grow them, teach them, um, help find their career path. It's just, it's a, it's a really cool problem to solve, but it's a daunting one given the scale and scope and given the fact that I don't, you know, I don't know if anyone, your listeners can tell me, I'm, I don't know if anybody has really landed the skills taxonomy space um, well. It's in progress. Yeah, yeah, it's in progress. Yep. Well, I'm going to put a button combo together for you. So for universities out there, unless you have some really a compelling value proposition, you're going to get this and it's a combo. Really? Access denied. It's a, you know, it, so... <laughs> Uh, and you know where I got that, uh, Lo? You know where I got that? Uh, this where? Access denied. For your communications team trying to get you on the <laughs> experience. It, and I was like, Access hey, can I borrow denied. that? I finally got Lo on the show. Access I'm going to have denied. to just let her know where it came from. I love uh, it. I love it. But I, um, just, Joe, one thing that I do want to say, I, I went on a tangent there a little bit. Of course. But the reason, you know, the, the reason why we chose Guild is so that we could actually really partner with a great educational partner that could help us think through, you know, who does have that access and who's, who doesn't, right? We're constantly looking at, you know, what are the needs of our, you know, of our associates? Are these programs the right programs? Are they of the highest quality? And are they really intended and built for adult learners. And that's a big difference as well, right? It's not just any program or any university, but there are special, um, you know, approaches and ways in which adult learners consume versus, you know, you and I, when we were in high school or God forbid, you know, um, undergraduate school. So. Mm -hmm. Well, this is a, uh, that's a good stopping point because this is the part of the episode, uh, Lo, where I'd like to keep a guest on their toes by asking you a question that could be unrelated to higher education or to your role, but to learn a little bit more about you, I'm going to actually give you two to choose from. Are you ready? You got it. Here we go. You like, do you, I have to ask you, you like my little, uh, my game show music? I love it. I was okay. never a game show like watcher, but I could recognize that. that it makes me want to go. Yeah. Lauren, it's your time. No, I, it makes it like it makes me kind of get excited to go crazy in the microphone. But I'm going to ask you. Uh, here's two questions. You can pick one. Number one, um, what is your entrance music, Lo? If you're going to walk into a room in your offices or in a store at Walmart and they're going to play an entrance music for you, what would be the song to define you? Or talk to us about your dream vacation. You can select one. Oh boy, I will I will refrain from the entrance music one. Okay. Um, so because you don't want anybody to be playing that every time you walk in. Precisely. Okay. And my taste of music is probably not um something I want to be embarrassed by. So um I'll Fair I'll enough. just go with the second one. My dream vacation is one that I do every year. Um, and that is I am a big Paris fan. So um, not Paris Hilton, but Paris, uh, Paris, France. So that that's is, a good, the... good, that's a good crystallization. Thank you. For that. <laughs> yes, yes. So that's where I love to go. It is my favorite city in the whole world. Um, closely followed by New York. I love it. Well, thank you for that. Um, I've been to Paris uh, only once, but, uh, it is a pretty amazing place. Oh, I like that you get to go. You said I go there, you go there a lot. Is it a yearly thing for you? It's a yearly thing. My husband and I just got back a couple of weeks ago and it was our first trip. I, we 
had planned to go the week that the world shut down in 2019, uh, 2020, was it? Yeah, 2020. So it was great so to be So it's been there. a bit. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's, so let's talk about the $1 billion investment uh, mm -hmm. that Walmart uh, has made to what to basically pay for uh, tuition and books yeah. for associates. Talk about that investment, how it came to be, what you, the Live Better You, um, you know, you said LBU, but I think unless you were um, uh, researching, maybe some folks don't understand what that program or initiative yeah. is. Can you talk about Live Better You and why yeah. that investment mm -hmm. came to be and, and what do you think the impact is going to be? Yeah, yeah, I would love to. So Live Better You is our educational benefits program. And some of you who have been following Walmart may have heard it been referred to as a dollar a day program. And so that was um, the genesis of that is it, it goes back to 2018, where um, a bunch of folks have just said, look, what can we do for our associates? How do we provide this access to opportunity? So you hear that theme quite a bit when you, when you talk to us here at Walmart, but how do we get, again, these great associates um, to close the gap in some of the educational areas that, you know, that we're looking to close for them? And we did a lot of research and, you know, talked to a lot of educational um, partners and Guild was obviously the, the partner that we ended up with. And so that was back in 2018, where we launched it. And we had a lot of different programs and certificate programs at that point, college degree programs. And as we started to, you know, go through, uh, you know, the pilot year and the subsequent years, we've started to get very, very focused on the opportunities that will really help our associates um, that are in the stores to close that gap, as I said, so that they can get, um, you know, careers and roles um, in, within, the, within Walmart. And so since 2018, we've had over 56,000 associates enrolled. We've got about just over 30,000 active associates right now that are in the program. Um, we've got, well, over 8,000 um, individuals, associates that have graduated. Um, they've earned 408,000 um, college credit hours. It's amazing. And it's, it's really, really is amazing. I'm super, super proud of it. And this past summer, we made the decision to remove that dollar a day really honestly, because we did not want any friction or any barriers for anyone to sign up. And so we did our research and um, we removed the dollar a day and it's just really accelerated. And I will tell you, the partnership with Guild has been great because they help us certainly vet our educational partners. They help us curate um, the kinds of degrees and cert you know, certification programs, et cetera. But don't forget, it's not just, you know, college degrees, we're providing, um, you know, credentialing and certificates for supply chain. Um, as you know, healthcare is a rapidly increasing field where we need talent in. To we say the least. Yeah, right. exactly. We're providing um, programs for healthcare, but we've also got language, right? We have a lot of folks where English is a second language, we give uh, language programs, college start programs, high school completion. So again, we're looking at our associates really from a very holistic uh, vantage point. 
and we continue, we're constantly, Joe, we're constantly looking at the programs and making sure that, um, not that they just meet the needs of our associates, but also that they're high quality. And so we'll remove and add programs as, as need be. A big part of this too, and you, you'll have to correct me if I'm right or wrong here, is around social responsibility because there's a high chance that some of those folks that, that start taking courses and, and get the tuition paid for might move on to other organizations or mm -hmm. their careers in the future. Yeah. And, you know, so to think that, you know, I'm sure Walmart and, and you are not sitting around going, okay, all these people in the pipeline are going to stick with us. Yeah. You know that so many of them are going to move on to other things, mm -hmm. yeah. but still Walmart is trying to what reduce the bit, the burden of student debt, give mm -hmm. folks who came into contact with Walmart at some point in their career, the mm -hmm. thought, and the look back, hey, I five years ago, I would have never been where I am today without Walmart. Yeah. So you create evangelists in the future, people who sure. will always be with you in one way or the other. So there's a social component to this, is there not? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, look, if you know the history of Walmart, and I know, you know, if you really, really look at what we're doing in this space, it is absolutely number one associate. You know, it's it's about our associates. I don't think any of us uh, I, I'm so I'm in such admiration of our associates in the front line, how they served our customers, how they served our communities, right? Um, and we have it, to note the one thing, and sorry to interrupt you, Lo, but no, okay. coronavirus showed like how important frontline oh. associates are, especially when they dealt with the worst of, of the human yeah. race, you know, trying mm. to steal stuff or, or, or fight over products. And you just go, mm -hmm. wow, those associates sitting there having to deal with this. And, and many of them may be younger or, mm. you know, uh, uh, some adults who have families at home having to be involved yeah. in some of this mess. I mean, you really... I mean, we have so many people to thank, uh, frontline yes. workers to thank for getting us through that completely. Oh, amen. I, I can't even tell you. I like, they are our heroes. And we've always, of course, very much um, put our associates in the, in the front line first, but it, it just, you know, absolutely just amplified it even more. So yes, I mean, look, we are, the, the really amazing thing about LBU candidly is like, if I go into a store and I get hired at a store, I am eligible to participate in LBU from that moment. Whether I'm a part-time worker, full-time worker in the store, I am eligible, I can sign up. And so you're right, whether they decide to stay with us or not, as long as they are with us, they can take advantage of those programs and as I said, discover you know, potential careers at Walmart. And look, it is not unusual for us to have what we call boomerang um, associates, right? So they may take advantage of the program. Maybe we hope they stay. We know we can find a great place for them, but if they don't stay, great. They're taking their degree, their certificate with them. And maybe at some point they're going to come back to Walmart as well. So that's how we look at it. But we sure do hope that um, they see Walmart as a place to grow their career. Which it's interesting because the eligibility on day one was a change from about a year, oh, about a year and a half ago now, maybe, where it was, I think it was 90 days, wasn't it? And and then it's shifted to day yeah. one. And yeah. I'm wondering why why make that transition? Was it, was it, um, because there's no reason to have somebody, you know, wait 90 days, yeah. just get them in the system and let them start yeah. learning right away. 
Absolutely. And, you know, look, it's, you know, as you said, we're, we have a war for talent. I don't, I, I was funny. I was talking to my trainer, believe it or not, I do try to get to a trainer twice a week. Um, but my trainer was saying, Hey, you know, since you've introduced this, this removal of dollar a day, I'm sitting here with all these, you know, parents of high school students. They're like, you're going to go work at Walmart. You can get your degree, you know, paid for. That's like amazing. Right. So yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it's, a, it's just a great, great, again, um, opportunity for instant access and exploration of what they could do here. What do you talk to us, us, our, you know, your higher ed uh, peers out here mm-hmm. working for colleges and universities, yeah. thinking, uh, you know, there's a, um, the, this conversation of, of coronavirus being a catalyst for change. We're seeing so many more colleges and universities obviously offer online mm-hmm. classes. Some are now um, uh, figuring out how to crystallize that into hybrid learning. You have some that are going back to uh, full in-person, on-ground education with no online. There's a, a real thinning of the herd, if you will. There's a lot of universities in trouble, and mm-hmm. there is an absolute uh, a focus on trying to work as much as possible with business and industry because, they, because as you said, uh, you're at the front end of helping define what the future of work is going to look like. What do we need to do within higher education to bring our levels of traditionalism forward to to meet the pace of business and industry because higher ed as you know as you know up until coronavirus it's we we moved pretty quick of course Mm -hmm. as an industry to serve students but prior to that not quick um at all and uh the world of work is moving very fast so what do we what needs to be done what do we need to really give associates to to benefit them for the next 20 30 years you know no i think it's a that's the million dollar question joe right that's why i'm asking you lo (laughs) i know i wish i had the million dollar answer but maybe let me take a hit at it which is this is my personal opinion is um look you're absolutely right. It, it really has become a hurting of, of the field. I think that higher ed, and again, I'm going to be very generalized in my observation. I think that what's happened is you've got these Live Better You programs, and you can see some of our competitors have sort of followed our suit, right? What that says to me is that there's a gap that you know we are filling that we are not getting from higher ed. Part of it is you know, really having that one size fits one customized to the audience, really understanding what our business strategy is and being able to build our own internal talent marketplace as a result of that. I think the other thing that that I observe is that, you know, (laughs) I think a lot of higher ed organizations have been so internally focused, right? And maybe have not been adaptive or agile in responding to what's happening out there in the world. And I think business has been called to at the forefront to really address some of these big, big gaps. Like how are we preparing, you know, um, for the future of work with the digital transformation that's happening exponentially around us? Like, do we have the right capabilities? Are we teaching in like our traditional Um, you know, college courses, higher ed courses, are we teaching them those those capabilities and skill sets, the critical thinking that's going to keep pace with what's really going on out there? I mean, I'm not seeing a ton of evidence like across the board consistently around it, 
But I think that's what's sort of, to use your phrase again, sort of is, is culling the herd, if you will, a bit, because even in our experience in working with Guild and looking for the right programs, et cetera, I mean, education has become so like democratized, right? You have access to like amazing learning programs out there. Yes. So to me, it's now become this notion around, you know, what's our skills taxonomy? What are we developing towards? And then how do we curate it so that it meets the needs of our organization and our associates? So that's what I would say a little bit more agile, externally facing, and really leaning heavily into what are the skills, capabilities, traits, et cetera, that we need for the future. So that's my lofty answer. That's your, your, that's the power, like the Zen answer that you just gave there. Mm -hmm. I like it. That's why I hit the gong for you. Cause it's, <laughs> it's so right on. Right. Um, and the, the, the part that is really a takeaway for us is because of the competitiveness, uh, competitiveness of higher ed, many higher ed institutions need to learn from uh, business and industry in marketing and positioning and uh, 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 crystallizing mm -hmm. their value proposition mm -hmm. and all of these, you know, business terms, you know, higher ed, they haven't been very popular in higher ed, like when you call a student a consumer. Yeah. Um, it's not very popular among some, some, I'll say some institutions, faculty, staff, because mm -hmm. they go, oh, student's not a consumer. Well, they're selecting something now and you have to deliver something and there's a yeah. transaction. And so how do you position yourself? There's a lot to be learned from organizations yeah. like Walmart. Yeah. Well, and there's, and, and our associates are consuming learning in a very different way than just the traditional, you know, not all of us have had you know, the opportunity to just, you know, take four years off in life and, and go get a degree, right? Some, some of us have had to go to work and like, you know, so it's just, I think the sort of, you know, the, the customizing it, curating it for our adult, you know, working learners, that's, that's where we've obviously leaned into. And I think that's where higher ed could you know, probably lean into a little bit more heavily as well. Well, listen, Lo, I know you want to stay with me uh, for another. <laughs> I do. Hours, I do so much. Joe. Your yeah. communications team just volunteered you for two more hours, but I, <laughs> I said, you know, I don't want to torture her. You know, <laughs> listening to me and answering my questions is absolute torture. So I want oh, to. It was great fun. It was I care great, too much about fun. you to subject you to more, uh, but I do have two final questions for you. Yes. Um, so the same two questions we ask every single guest. Number one um, is your chance to kind of talk about anything that you want uh, about what's going on. What did I miss? What did I not ask you? Anything at Walmart, the initiatives coming up, anything that you want to just double down on, plug, whatever. And then as you move from that, number two is what do you see as the future of higher education? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think that was that would be the latter question is what I would say I would answer. Um, I would say be interesting to answer. I think the future of higher education um, is going to be obviously. Um, I think it's going to be a tighter partnership. You'll see with with business and with just really the the I would say the communities figuring out. What is the, what are the key capabilities, skills, mindsets, et cetera, et cetera, that we need for the future of work? 
right? And so what, what is that and how can we best prepare our youth and prepare our adult learners for that inevitability? Jobs, roles are changing so quickly. I think that to me is the, the big one. I think you'll see a lot more partnerships with the business beyond, by the way, like executive ed. I'm talking about real thought leadership. How can we accelerate, right, this, this transformation of education? Um, so that's, that's what I would say. And then just, a, you know, another just emphasis of our commitment at Walmart in supporting our associates by investing nearly a billion dollars over the next five years um, and paying 100% of education through LBU and preparing our associates for that uh, future of work. So that to me is what I am most proud of. I'm most proud of the company. I'm very proud of the fact that we are purpose-driven and this you know, um, LBU initiative really emerged from that purpose. So just really proud and very thankful for you to have me on the, the podcast so I can share that with your audience. Well, thank you for coming. I, I would encourage everyone to find Lo on LinkedIn and connect with her. Keep an eye on what's going on at Walmart. I was getting, you know, I introduced you with an applause, but I think the outgoing is is this because of the absolute um, knowledge that you dropped today. It's like you're the, you're the master, Lo. And so every time, you know, if you ever come back on the podcast, we'll do this as here. Here she is, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> You like that? Love so it. if um, to anybody works for low, um, make sure that uh, if she walks into her room, that's what we're going to go with from now on. Um, thank you so much, Lo, for bringing your knowledge and insight and incredible, um, incredible perspective, right? To Because um, when you're in kind of leading education programs for 2.3 million people, uh, you got a lot to say, and there's a lot of leadership there for us to, to keep an eye on. So thank you so much. No, thank you. And it takes the entire learning and leadership team. So it's not just me, but I certainly appreciate the time. And this was fun. So thank you for inviting me, Joe. Well, thank you very much for coming. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, you have been listening to another and one of my favorite ever episodes of the Edup Experience podcast. Uh, you've just add up. Well, it seems from all of the reports that have come out and the studies that have been done that more and more people are interested in short-term types of education and training, especially now with such huge job demand out there, than say, geez, I got to mostly leave the workforce for two or four years to get a degree. Particularly for our college, we've been very strong in the two-year degree space, but we've not been as strong in the short-term workforce development space for individuals to be able to come and take a short-term few weeks, few months workforce training course and go out and get a job or get a better job. We haven't done a lot of that. And I thought this was an opportunity for us to be able to get into that space very quickly and be able to provide more diversity of offerings using our partners in Unmuddle who can provide some expertise that we don't have at a medium-sized college in the middle of New York.